This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Father God, we come this morning seeking your face and seeking that the Holy Spirit will reveal truth to us that will enable us with the right mindset from heaven that we will turn from anything that's considered by heaven's standard as being a wicked thing. We know you're able, God, in the name of Jesus. We know that our best righteousness is oftentimes looked upon as a filthy rag, as something that needs to be thrown away, flushed away, burned. My God, disposed of forever. My God, help us to understand that we are not more holy than God. Some of us have gotten the perspective now that we have redefined who God is, and now we are are equals with God. We are not equals with God. We do not think the way he thinks. We cannot attain towards his mind. Who can ascend to the holy hill of the Lord? We all have need of having our hands cleansed and our hearts purified in the name of Jesus. We claim victory here. Ah, Satan, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' matchless name. We've come with a word from the Holy Ghost that will help to deliver, set free the captive. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, be it far from us here that the Lord will meet us and not say, depart from me. I know you're not, you worker of iniquity. What work are we doing? Is it for ourselves? Are we self-centered all of a sudden in a subtle way, incrementally moving towards self-centeredness? Bless us, Lord, to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from heaven to know the difference in the mighty name of Jesus. We claim victory here. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We're gathered in his name today and we're looking at this curriculum and the prophetic move of the Holy Ghost as he is instructing and schooling us. Regarding back to the basics of Christian living, I like how uh, broadcasters and uh, media specialists and whatnot, they will always backtrack a little and say in the previous episode, you know, in the previous message, Mm -hmm. God helped us to realize that there are blessings in holy submission. The blessings of holy submission Uh, were revealed by God, by God's spirit. Amen. And the highest level of fellowship in God's standard is submission. It's the foundation of God's grace. It connects true disciples while sufficiently satisfying all personal needs that we dare expose to our gracious Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So today we are looking at one main scripture in James 1.12. But then the Lord will take us elsewhere into the Old Testament. Why? Because we tend to neglect the old landmark in this modern day. I should say in this postmodern era. Because when I was young, it was the modern day. And now, we who are alive, born around in the 60s, 50s, 60s, late 60s, thank God, into the early 70s and whatnot, we have seen time now in the culture 
uh, from uh, a move from modern to postmodern. We we are amen. Those who have lived in the bridging of time from 20th century into 21st century, and they did things in the 20th century in the church a certain way, and now there's a way that needs to amen uh, be made for. Uh, us to become more wise for what the 21st century needs. I feel the Holy Ghost getting ready to lead us into that situation. But he needs to strengthen us personally first before that happens. Amen. Um, there are even modern day martyrs who have stood for Jesus despite all odds being against them. Such names as in the German world, Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer, um, he became a pastor uh, during the time when uh, Hitler and his armies were storming around the world and murdering folks. And even the church over there, some of them believe that Hitler was moved by God to do what he was doing. Even Hitler testified of such things that God was using him uh, and some churches stood their political ground with him as people in our postmodern world are standing in some ecclesiastical circles uh, the charismatic church joining in now with uh, right-wing uh, evangelical Christians uh, have a certain political swing and um, they do not regard scripture the way they ought to. There's not really many people, or if any, to vote for. My God, we need a Christian candidate, amen, and we vote for him. Instead of us wasting our votes on uh, the least evil. I'd rather put my vote on somebody I know is living by the word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All the way, amen. Uh, not just trying to get votes from one side or the other. Thank God. So we're living in this time now. Preachers are allowing these unsaved folk to come in their pulpits, these political folk. The pulpit is not a political post, my God. Jesus was not a Democrat or Republican. He did not march with Rome, my God. But he did roam the earth and fulfill the business of heaven. Amen. He said, I am about my father's business. Amen. And that's what he did. So I thank God for Jesus standing for holiness. It's not so much what he said, it's when he said it. And we got to say things with our life like he did. So when you open your mouth, amen, it will match. Amen. Thank God. Let's look at James 1.12. I'm going to read in the NIV just for grammatical understanding. There are some around the world who may scoff at using the NIV. A few might. But there are some good scholars who uh, use it. And uh, I'm walking in agreement with them in how they teach. And this scripture in the NIV does not take anything from the scripture. If you see a uh, version of the Bible uh, changing the meaning that's when you ought to 
Amen. Uh, steer clear of such versions. But the meaning is still intact, even though it's more grammatically matching our modern day, how we understand certain vocabulary and vernacular. Amen. Uh, James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Amen. Father God, we pray that you will provide wisdom, knowledge, and understanding uh, by your spirit. Reveal the truth as you only can and will and uh, penetrate the very soil of our soul. Cause a, a seed of faith to be planted and may it prosper in germination and fruitfulness as only you can according to the will and your will and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, amen. We look at this scripture and let us just think about uh, a journey, taking a journey, because life should be looked at as a journey. So we're walking along in our life, right, along on a journey. It should be a journey of holy faith, though. And if you're a righteous person, your step should be what? Ordered by the Lord. Amen. So we're, we're walking along and living along on this journey of holy faith. And uh, we need to just note that there are going to be things that we should be uh, on guard about. We should be alert about. There's other scriptures, of course, that will help us gain understanding about that. And the Holy Ghost is reminding me about that in these last and evil days, we are in the perilous times, right? And how faith is waning and such. And people, amen, their, their faith is waxing cold. We're in, we're in a time where people are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And uh, we need to be uh, sober-minded. We need to be vigilant. Why? Because our adversary is the devil. And he's going about as a roaring lion. And he's seeking whom he may devour. My God. So we need to be alert. But many are, are somnambulists. They are sleepwalkers. They are walking, but they are not awake. They claim to be woke, but they are asleep. My God. There are such things in this world that will impede our Christian progress and even cause a forfeiture of faith uh, if allowed to take root and mature in our being. Let's continue to review and receive additional uh, revelation that should bring us success in reaching our blessed destinations as people of God as uh, we are ever mindful to avoid certain hindrances. And I bid you to listen and bear heed to this message. Hindrances to watch and pray about. Amen. This is part one. And we're dealing with holy diligence, which breeds holy virtues. Amen. So hindrances to watch and pray about. This is part one. And we're dealing with holy diligence, which breeds holy virtues. Did you know that uh, we have a right to choose? Yes. Uh, but we need to sow choices. I'm talking about uh, reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping. Amen. Farming words. The Bible speaks often 
with agrarian terminology. You reap what you sow, right? You will harvest that which you have planted before. So we're looking at sowing choices of exclusively loving and obeying God. Think about it. If you can exclusively love and obey God, make those kind of choices more often. The more often you make them, soon you will drown out those weights and sins that so what easily beset you. Amen. So we need to sow choices of exclusively loving and obeying God. What will happen? Uh, that will bring a harvest of victory in righteousness. It's not that people don't want to be righteous. It's just they're making the wrong choices. They are feeding the old man. Christians, we have almost like a dual uh, citizenship now. Uh, we are citizens of the secular humanistic world and citizens of heaven. But the Bible says that, amen, you need to what mortify the deeds of the flesh. Amen. You need to mortify the deeds of the flesh. The flesh is ever there. The Bible didn't say it went, it went away. It's still there. I know because uh, they say, you know, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, we need to. Some of them are going to hell. Uh, you're preaching to the deacon boy. Yeah, we need to. Some of them are on their way to hell. Why are you preaching to the preachers? We ask because some of them are going to hell. My God, why are you saying hell in this postmodern world? You shouldn't be talking like that, Pastor. Yes, we need to say uh, hell. Amen. And the word damnation. Say the whole word. Then you're not cursing. Amen. We need to preach about the curse, not curse when we preach. Amen. The Holy Ghost just gave me that. That's him. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. But God is showing us now that we need to, amen, consider the old landmark. We try to forget the old landmark. Oh, that's the Old Testament. We're using our earthly vernacular where we throw away old things. You know how we do. Remember the old cameras, the Polaroid, they would come out. And then the, the part you tear off and throw that part away. Yes, and one time Red Fox was talking on Esther on the show, you know. And he said, you look like the part of the Polaroid that you tear off and throw away. That was very mean. <laughs> Thank God. But there's sin in our life that's ugly like that. We need to tear that off and throw it away. Amen. Thank God. There's hindrances that we need to watch and pray about. Let's look at the old landmark. And it's not old in the sense of you need to throw it away. Uh, Exodus 16. I'm going to look at choice things in there. I got marked down that I should do 1 through 12, but time won't permit. I got to use the Holy Ghost power to know where and what to read. Uh, it says, and they took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Zin, which is between Elam and Sinai. So they were on their way to Mount Sinai, right? And they were free to worship. They weren't free to party uh, party down and boogaloo. But there was boogalooing uh, at the beginning uh, where the mountain began to rise. We should have uh, saw praises going up. 
But when uh, Moses went up to meet with God in the conference, ah, they began to do whatever they found was right in their own in their own fleshly eyes. And Aaron wasn't a good leader. But we're looking at this part now where they're right at the beginnings of their journey. They began to notice freedom has a cost. Uh, they, they began to see scarcity of food and water. So the whole congregation began to uh, make complaint. The children of Israel said unto them, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And then the Lord had a sidebar with Moses in the court, right? Uh, then said the Lord unto Moses, he wasn't talking all in just Moses. Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. So look what the manna is for. Amen. We need his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But yes, we also ask God, give us this day what? Our daily bread. And he's going to see if we're, if we're going to walk right or not. We have to make a declaration every day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. There are days I don't make that declaration. And then I have to fight, uh, you know, more vehemently in my fight. Because, oh, yeah, oh, God. This is not just a work day. This is the Lord's day. We forgot it. Just because it's not Sunday, we think, oh, it's not the Lord's day no more. My God, I got to go all this week to work. But this is the what day that the Lord has made. I need to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. No matter how much I'm mad at my boss and co-workers and the process at my job. My God, help us to, to walk and not be weary, run and not faint. Help us to go forth every day because it's the Lord's day. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, the people of God weren't doing right. They were getting fed by the Lord, but then they're going to spit on the hand that fed them. My God, it came to pass that on the sixth day, they shall prepare that which they bring in. And it shall be twice as much because he didn't want them overworking themselves on the Sabbath. See, they work ahead of time so that they are prepared to go forth in the worship that God taught them. Amen. And in the morning. Uh, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings. That's not a good thing. See, he heard their murmurings. Uh, see, the murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall uh, give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full for that the Lord heareth your murmurings which ye murmur against him and what are we your murmurings are not against us not against Moses and Aaron right but against the Lord and Moses spake unto Aaron's uh, this say unto the congregation uh, of the children of Israel come near before the Lord for he hath heard your murmurings my God 
Now we're going to skip over because it keeps repeating that. Uh, Numbers 11. In Numbers 11, verses 1 through 6, is some key verses there to help us understand what the Holy Ghost is trying to say in this postmodern day. And when the people complained, see that it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched and he called the name of the place Taberah, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? Got their mind on the flesh. See that? It's a lot to see there. <laughs> we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. See that? Freely. Very important. Does freedom have a cost? Yes. Do you have to grow up and fit for yourself? Yes. Can God order your steps and help it to be not as burdensome? Amen. Yes. <laughs> but they remembered in Egypt. They did eat it freely. But to what cost? They had to be what? Slaves. My God. We did eat in Egypt freely. The cucumbers. Each of these have a significance. Cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. All the various spices which help us to understand how we indulge in the flesh and all the flavors of the flesh. We like our dessert, we like our cake, and we like to eat it too. The, the cucumbers, we had salad, we had melons, all the dessert kind of level stuff. We had savory things too. We had all the plethora of uh, flavors at our uh, exposure, and, uh, but it was a cost. They had to be slaves. But now our soul is dried away, they say. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. Look how they treated the grace of God. God was gracious unto them and gave them in a dry and thirsty land bread from heaven like snow dropping down. My God. It was like coriander seed and had like a taste of wafer with honey on it. My God. But they didn't want it. No. My God. This kind of a, a, a off-white kind of looking stuff. My God. They didn't like how it came. They began to do things to it. Ground it up, milled it, beat it into a mortar and baked it in pans, made cakes. Ah, uh, they did all kind of things. Some of them had Pop-Tart, man, all kind of stuff going on in the camp. We, we get into our flesh, we get creative. The flesh gets creative. Oh, we're going to make this church thing not seem so bitter. Oh, this obscurity, all oh, these preachers aren't blessed. They are obscure. They don't got nobody in their church. They are not anointed. They don't have buildings like we have. They got a lot of seats, uh, uh, sort of like us, but we got people in most of those seats better than they do. And this is how people are. There's a contest today, a fleshly contest, instead of hearing the voice of the Lord. And most of the sermons they get come from obscure prophets of old. 
They like coming down hard like Ezekiel, but they don't want to go through what Ezekiel went through. My God. They want to preach hard like Jeremiah, but they don't want to go through what Jeremiah went through. Hallelujah. Anyhow, all the prophets went through something. My God. Didn't they read about how the prophets were hunted down to be killed? The people of God wanted to shut their mouth. We want, amen, culture to bend toward us. And we want, amen, all the folk to, to, to be wowed by our words. And, and they will come and the cameras will come and we'll be blowed up. Oh, we're going to become grand. Yes, we will. That's what we want. We don't want to be obscure. Seem like we're by ourselves. Oh, seem like we just preach the chairs all the time. Uh, the chairs don't say amen. But why don't you make a tape recorder and time it just right so the amen will come out so your flesh could be satisfied. But that's not good either. You still going to go to hell for that. My God. But God is saying amen. Wait. I say again. Wait on the Lord. And wait on the Lord is uh, not only for getting your steps ordered by the Lord, but also serving the Lord. Wait, my God, it's not just, amen, standing still until he says what he needs to say, but it's also serving him and doing what he said to do while you're waiting for the next instruction, because he already gave you stuff to do. Sometimes we want to skip over that. That manner is it's not all that. I need to add spices to it. I need to mill it. I need to put frosting on it. I need to change it so it's more palatable to our postmodern world. We got to get folks in the seats. But God is saying, amen. Woe unto you, pastors who are leading people astray. Jeremiah was saying that. And he got in trouble for saying that. My God. Ezekiel got in trouble for stuff he said. My God. But we don't want to preach the way the Holy Ghost would have us preach. We are not people of God no more. We are people of the people. My God. I'm not going to be a people pleaser. Because when you please people, you're pleasing the flesh. And what pleased the flesh today may not please the flesh tomorrow. You're going to have to build a new threshold. It's like you are on drugs now. I got to amen compete with what I said yesterday. Yesterday, I just walked across the stage. Today, I got to swing on a rope across the stage. I got to wild the crowd. And you cannot please the flesh. The flesh is up and down like a roller coaster. Faith is not based on feelings. I preached in places when I was younger. Beginning the revival, folks weren't getting with me. Then I was able to tell a few little jokes and get them all loose or whatever in the, in the second or third day. And by the time the fourth day, uh, one of the little weak wayward little girls come up to me and said, Oh, you was better tonight than you was before. <laughs> and they kind of hurt my prophetic feelings. And I said, well, this is what people want. They are pleasure seekers. Yes. They want me to be Red Fox. They want yes. me to be Sinbad. They want me to be Martin, but I'm not Martin, Sinbad, and Red Fox and all of them. I'm a man of God. If I don't tell a joke, so what? You got to hear what thus saith the Lord. And if the Lord say to say it, that's what I'm going to say. If the Lord say, say it like this, that's how I got to say it. I can't take the manna and put frosting all up on it, mill it, and make it palatable together. I got to say it the way God said Hallelujah. These are hindrances to watch and pray about. 
My God, this is just part one. This is showing us how holy diligence breeds holy virtues. If the preachers are not sowing holy diligence, we're not going to aim and breed holy virtues. We're going to have fleshly virtues in our church. We need to change the church's names to equate the discipleship that we are leading. My God, people aren't being taught to amen, to understand the word of God, to endure sound doctrine, as the Bible puts it, to be sober minded and vigilant for your adversary. The devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. They don't want to hear such things. There are now new teachings saying that you shouldn't say the word sin. Well, there are other ways to reach this postmodern world. I get it. God says be wise as a serpent but harmless as a dove. But I'm going to not, amen, leave the, leave the word sin out. It may, I may say it a certain way at first. But then I'm going to say this is how the Bible puts it. Iniquity, sin. And this is what it means. Break it down. Don't leave things out. Because the more you leave it out, now you left a hole there. And that hole you left, now you got to match it everywhere in the Bible, wherever you go in the Bible. And now what I call that is a Swiss cheese version because your sermon is full of holes. Hallelujah. Anyhow, hindrances to watch and pray about. Bless the name of our Lord. Numbers 11, 31 through 35. And there went forth a wind from the Lord because they wanted meat. They didn't want just bread. They want to make a sandwich. Uh-huh. I didn't say sandwich. I said sandwich. Uh-huh. Amen. <laughs> they done went to the ghetto on God. Uh-huh. Uh, we need some sandwiches around here. Uh-huh. So God sent a wind and blew it in the and the and the, and the, 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 the tail the bird tails come all on in there and, and, and fill the camp up to knee level. Y'all want meat? Okay, higgle your meat. It's almost like God had an attitude almost. Amen. Higgle your meat. Quails everywhere. Spread all around. And while they were barbecuing and biting and eating them sandwiches, the flesh was yet between their teeth. They didn't even have a, have a chance to floss. Ere it was chewed, while it was being chewed, the wrath of the Lord kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a great, very great, plague, a pestilence came upon them. They had to name the place because of the pestilence. Kebroth Hataba. Amen. Because they uh, were buried there. Because they lusted. My God. It's the burial place for those who lusted for the flesh. My God. God had to speak to them with those prophetic words through Moses and Aaron, but they didn't want to hear them. They began to be as dark speeches, as riddles to them, because they were more familiar with the fleshly vernacular. And even their natural uh, inclinations and experiences began to equate what happened in the spirit. They began to want the meat more than wanting the manna. My God, this is what happens to us. And I wrote down some things the Holy Ghost had uh, whispered in my spirit. These scriptures we just read reveal how getting what you ask for is not always a good thing. Amen. The spirit is asking this and I wrote down 
as I had my phone was the only thing I had when he was saying this. I had to use my thumb. Amen. And I, I can't thumb like these youngsters do. Amen. They be going a thousand miles an hour. They even have contests. I had to keep going backwards. And no, I didn't want that. And then uh, Siri was making me spell something I didn't want to spell. I said, will you get out of the way, Siri? The Holy Ghost is talking. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But I got through typing it. Amen. A whole page. The Holy Ghost is asking, are you faithful, but also reserve the right to be subtly rebellious? Let that soak in. We could be subtly rebellious. True. We are polite with our rebellion. Mm. We suit ourselves up, go to church. Mm. We, we seem like we're listening and stuff. But when we leave, we we, we going to say stuff like, oh, I'm not doing all that. Don't take all that. I will do this, this, and that, but not this, this, and that. Well, as far as me and my house, we're going to do what we do. That's not how the scripture goes. Amen. That's right. As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what it really said. Amen. Right. Thank God. But sometimes we are subtly rebellious. My God. And this is why men of God of old say they rebuke the stubborn spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. They were feeling it. Hallelujah. And I feel that old anointing. I'm going to rebuke the stubborn spirits. Hallelujah. Even in me, I look in the mirror, I say, I rebuke the stubborn spirits. Hallelujah. I got my whooping on right now. It's your turn. Thank you, Lord. In, in Numbers 11.5, we saw it. Amen. Uh, they say we remember the fish which we did eat. See that uh, we 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 find in this revelation how murmuring against God's orders through His servant leaders can breed needless pain in our lives. Then we come crying to the church, "Oh, why this and why that?" We need to backtrack in our life. Let the Holy Ghost do a backtrack as to where you sowed unrighteous choices and now they have sprouted up and you have breathed pain in your life oh what needless pain we bear my god see even though they miraculously left egypt in the scripture in their newfound freedom to freely worship god at mount sinai and root to their their promised land, many of the people developed and harbored a mindset of rebellion against the leadership, against Moses, as they faced uh, the need to seek their own food and water in a formidably arid region, a dry and thirsty land. They complained to Moses about how they could remember the fish they ate in Egypt at no cost. Also, the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic, all the spices were popping, baby. Ah, but look at us now. See, they were murmuring against the less flavorful manna that God graciously rained upon them freshly every morning. They were able to graciously survive up to that point due to God's love. However, they ungratefully griped about the way God blessed them. I remember the old song, God blessed Timothy right to right there. Anyway, you bless me, Lord, I'll what? Be satisfied. Some of us don't really mean that when we say that. 
Hallelujah, God. We want some uh, hamburgers. Never mind just the hamburger bun, Lord. Can some meat go up in there? I'm tired of these wish sandwiches. That's what the people of God were saying in the wilderness. What's up with these wish sandwiches? I wish we had some quail to go up on it. God, God said, oh, you want quail? He blew the wind in there and they had quail up to their knees. My God. Before, before they could floss it out, the, 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 the pestilence came. My God. What kind of things going to blow in with your ungodly blessing? God does a permissive blessing. Amen. Sometimes it's a rope. It's a noose. You hang in yourself. Because you don't want to listen to God. You're not saying, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Today is the day of the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No, we're going to just start complaining. I didn't want to be blessed like this. What's up with this Hyundai, Lord? Can a, can a brother get a Lexus? You know, we, we, we complain. God blessed you. It's almost like he's weeding out the suckers. Who's going to be real? Who's really happy in Jesus alone? I heard you singing that last Sunday, God says in the spirit. Let's see, I'm going to bless you with this. Then I'm going to ramp it up later. Let's, I'm going to just bless you right here, right now. Oh, wow. Sister Hickamaboo over there, she got this and that. Why, why come I got this? Why come I got this? Murmuring. There it is. My God. They didn't want the unflavorful manna. It has some flavor on it. Amen. You hold it in your mouth long enough, you taste a little hint of honey or something up in there. Thank God. But they didn't want that. Amen. They wanted the flavors popping right fast. Pop, pop. <laughs> My God. But this is the nature of sin. We are innately familiar with it. You see. And unfortunately, it can revive itself as we yield to its temptation, subtly drawing back towards perdition, as revealed in Hebrews 10:39. Rather than continuing diligently in loving respect to believe God unto the saving of our soul, sin is a false finite comfort. It feeds our flesh while starving our spirit. It fights against the development of loving obedience and holiness unto the Lord. Sin works like the twisted evil mind of a mean, jealous, envious former loved one. It does not want to be considered as former. It will not leave without a fight. The Lord commands us to be ever engaged in the good fight of faith against this formidable foe. Sin is not your friend. A good friend would not be divisive and demeaning like sin is. Some of our earthly friends might even be considered as tolerable egotists, always bragging about their accomplishments. You may have some friends like that. You may have looked in the mirror and noticed one this morning. Some of y'all get that joke later. Such ostentatious bragging usually dominates most of their one-sided conversations. And that's an oxymoron, one-sided conversation. The Holy Ghost gave me that. They aren't happy until the room looms full of their ungracious chatter. They may as well walk around with a narcissistic mirror to look at while they untiringly share their prideful promotions. Uh, you know what? We are not wrong if we 
are annoyed by such folks. But sin is like that. We should be annoyed by sin. Amen. The first initiative of the good fight of faith is to shut the annoying mouth of sin. It must become utterly annoying. That's the problem. Sin is not utterly annoying enough. Right, right, right. Or we will find that we have a fighting chance against it if we have some modicum of annoyance. My God, God said a, a mustard seed, you know, faith of a mustard seed will give you a lot. Amen. So we need a little bit of fight in us. And God's going to build up that little bit to be a big fight. Amen. He's going to help us become a black belt, seventh degree black belt. My God, we'll be able to kick the devil's butt and he will, he will come in one way and leave seven ways scattered like the punk that he is. See, but the voice you listen to is the voice that will win the fight. Sin is also not just egotistical, but egomaniacal. The devil is a liar, the Bible said, and a creator of lies. He seemingly even believes his lies. That is what makes him the voice of uh, egomaniacal sin. An egomaniac believes the lies they tell. My God. An egomaniacal friend is most certainly not a good choice. Sin is egotistical and egomaniacal. We should drop sin, amen, from our friendship list. I'm going to give you two main hindrances to watch and pray about uh, during our journey of faith, and we'll be done. Uh, the first main hindrance uh, is a temptation. So temptation number one is false food. Somebody say false food. Amen. When you go around... Uh, and supersize it. That's false food, by the way. Just want you to know that. But we're talking spiritually, so amen. <laughs> Some of this food don't have any vitamins at all. Did you know that an apple from today's world compared to 50 years ago, 50, 60 years ago, you need like 20 apples to equal that apple. Isn't that sad? You know why? The nutrients in the soil have been depleted. We've, uh, we have messed up uh, agriculturally and we seem to be so wise but now we want to mess with the soil God put germs and worms and everything in that soil to break nutrients down so we can eat it amen thank God but no we want to mess with the soil and now become Frankenstein and, and make soil that's going to sprout up things in a week we have a full grown this and a full grown that GMO Genetically modified organisms. God does not want us doing that in the spirit or in the natural. Amen. There's a such thing as what? False food. What are the effects of false food? Never maturing. Even though the food matures all quickly. You got people, they learn one Bible verse this week. Next week, they are a bishop. They're not mature. They are novices, the Bible said. They haven't gone through anything. God said he's an experiential God. You got to experience him. Amen. Thank God. And these people don't want to wait around for the experience. They said this crock pot too slow. Where's the microwave God? My God, they want God to be a microwave. Sometime one preacher I heard, he said he was so busy, he started fussing at the microwave. Hurry up, you know. And this is how we are today. We got that hurry up rush. 
spirit. Uh, we, 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 we had the uh, eight track tapes when I was a young man learning. Uh, finally got my license, learned how to drive in Florida. And uh, my father got this uh, Volkswagen Beetle, Super Beetle. And uh, it had an eight track tape in there. They said, wow, this car has the new eight track tape. Imagine that. Even you could pop something in and hear the music. But we had to hear the whole thing. It had to go all the way around to hear everything. You couldn't stop and fast forward or just go right to the song like we do today. Go right to the song you want. We had to listen to the whole thing and couldn't rewind. At first, we couldn't rewind at all. Then they started developing a little bit of a rewind kind of thing, but the tapes would get all jammed up in there. I said, I'm not touching the rewind. Just let it play. <laughs> Thank God. But and this is how we are. We are rushing today. We want to rush God. A shame on us. We want to rush God. We can't rush God. God is God. Amen. It was he who he that made us and not we ourselves. We're supposed to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We ought to be thankful unto him and what? Bless his name. This is why we don't mature. We don't sit in discipleship and wait and be taught. See, we never mature. We're always longing for the foods of Egypt. Because they are ready. They are right here. The flavors are popping. I'm ready. God, I'm tired of this little baby food, little bland stuff. God was. God is saying, well, be quiet. Sit down at the feet of the rabbi and learn. Sit, walk, stand. That's the order. But we want to reverse it. I can stand. We Give me the armor. You a little baby. You can't fit that helmet of salvation yet. Your little head. Thank you, Jesus. We want to reverse the order. We don't even know how to sit before the rabbi, so we're going to make up our own doctrines. God is too slow. And now you can't even stand on your own holy feet because they're unholy. And now you're all up in the mud. My God, this is what happens today. We have reversed the order. We have false food. The devil will tempt us to replace Christ, who is the living bread, right, with works of the flesh and our own selfish ambitions you heard the people in the old day we need to know what happened in history so we don't repeat it right we remember the fish and thinking back when we were in captivity we ate freely and we didn't have to buy it right they provided this but you were incarcerated see and, and you need to get out of that incarceration thank god so the symbolism of the spices reveals the heart of the matter. They are a type of replacement where we seek to replace God with an idol. These flavors call us back to our carnal comfort zones, which are void of faith. It is a dead place where there is no eternal vibrancy, no passion for the Lord, no encouragement in the spirit of God, no joy overflowing in God about developing our maturity in his will. No. Exodus 16 even reveals the results of satisfying such a hunger. Eating spiritually unhealthy food leaves you unsatisfied, more hungry than before, making you complain to God. The wilderness journey in Numbers was prolonged due to the lack of real faith in God. 
the people of God began to complain about being unsatisfied by the manna sent from heaven, which led to the appearance of an overabundance of quail. Beware when you continuously pray amiss and finally get what you pray for to learn the hard way. I don't want to learn what? The hard way. My God. Here's temptation number two, and we're going to be done. False fellowship. False fellowship, y'all. What are the effects? Becoming unfocused. You're all over the place. Building a fellowship of unfaithfulness. And you can only please them as far as their flesh is feeling for that moment. Oh, I wasn't feeling the preacher today. I wasn't feeling the preacher today. You're not supposed to be feeling the preacher today. You're supposed to be feeling the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The choir didn't move me. The Holy Ghost is supposed to move you. Thank God. I don't care if some buck-toothed little country-sounding guy with an untuned guitar sitting up there. If he got the anointing of God, the Holy Ghost should move in the place. Amen. False fellowship was seen in Numbers 11. Watch this. Numbers 11 shows that the temptation of false food brought with it the temptation to seek after false fellowship. So if you if you eat bad, now you're going to get with other folks who are what they ate. Amen. They ate that and you eat it. And now all of y'all are birds that's flocking together. Amen. Oh, I should say flopping together. Birds of a feather sometimes flop together. Yep. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> See, there was a mixed group of people, not unified according to God's standards, especially since there was a sprinkling of leaven in the bunch. A little leaven does what? Leaven, leaven it the whole lump. All you need is a sprinkle or two, a little full. You know, they got their own doctrine going. Mm-hmm. One bad apple could destroy the bunch. You let it happen. We had a stinky smell in our kitchen uh, where we keep the potatoes and stuff. Every time we walked by there, a little whiff. I said, did somebody do something? They, they didn't see other people in the room. Y'all should have waited till everybody left before y'all did that. Amen. No, but it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was one rotten potato hidden in the bag and the good ones all around it. And so I had to dig in the bag and there was this gooey, nasty potato. I had touched that. Ew, I had to wash my hands. I threw that thing in a plastic bag, tied a knot, and got rid of it. It was stinking up the whole house. A little stench began to stink up the whole place. How come all the good potatoes couldn't make that sin good? You can't make sin good. You got to get rid of sin. Thank you, Lord. We're trying to amen. Uh, manage folk who are sinful. Manage the demon-filled person. No, that demon need to be cast out, or they need to be excommunicated. One or the other. They don't. They want this demon to stay in there. Well, you and your demons need to be expelled out of here. Thank you, Lord. See, they had a mix of folk back then in the, in Numbers 11, and uh, there were a few among them that sowed discord. What happens? They're going to spread their little unloving ways all around. God hates those who are sowing seeds of discord. Where? Among the brethren. My God. And you could have folk in your church only tied because of blood. 
not the blood-stained banner of the Lord. I'm talking about human blood. And they wreaking havoc all in the house of God. Sometimes you got to expel folk that are tied to you because of blood. My God. But look at these folk who were, uh, many of them related to Moses. They were cousins and whatnot. These rebellious rabble-rousers were able to persuade their gullible, unstable, ever-immature traveling associates. Why did I use the word associates? I used the word associates since the few rebels were not really of Israel. Read the scripture. They were traveling, but not following. There's a difference. You could have folk traveling right along with you, but they're not following Jesus. They're just going with the crowd. That's why we got to be careful. I was studying and meditating this morning regarding social media evangelism. And uh, something could appear a certain way. Uh, all that glitters on the Internet is not necessarily heaven's gold. Uh, you could come to a place because they reeled you in because of the Internet presence. And you began to like their stuff and follow them. Oh, they seem cool. They have fun. They do stuff I like doing. So I'm going to go there. That's going to be my new church home. Then when you get there, things are not what they seem. Isn't that like the Internet? Be careful finding dates on the Internet. It may look a certain way, but when you get amongst them, it's not what it seemed to be. My God. And sometimes they, these predators get on there. You know how they do. Act like they this or that the other thing. And the young people meet them at the mall. And there's some dude carrying your daughter off somewhere to become a sex slave. My God. All kind of wicked stuff goes on in this world. But the people of God are privy to this move of Satan. The doctrines of devils. God didn't say to evangelize in certain ways. But we're doing it. Marketing can help. Yes. But there's a level. Amen. Uh, and all kind of new ways to talk to people with certain vernacular. But you better stick to the plan. God has the plan in his word. You can't act as if people don't have to repent anymore. There's a problem there. That's a false teaching. We're going to have sermons in this back to the basics of Christian living where uh, they say once saved, always saved. I heard uh, the Holy Ghost whisper in my spirit. One saved, not necessarily going to stay saved. Amen. <laughs> he said, I said, I never heard it like that, Holy Ghost. He's going to help me dig into that. Amen. You could go back. Uh, Hebrews 10, 39 said so. You could, you could go back. Did you know the devil believes? But he can't believe to the what? Saving of his soul. A whole lot of folk in church believe. Yeah, Jesus existed. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But is he in your life? Is he living through you? Did you allow Jesus to take residence? Has he come into your flesh? Amen. Has he become the ever ever present help in the time of trouble? Oh, hallelujah. I want to experience the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he's near. He's going to be a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. But what's the prerequisite of that? You got to believe that he exists. Amen. How dare you utter agnostic things out of your lips when you've been taught the right way? God hears your murmurings. Woe unto you. You got to get it right before it's too late. We need to backtrack of where we hurt the Lord's feelings. Yes, God can be vexed. Oh, you can vex the Lord. 
My God. And when you complain, you're breaking his heart again. My God. But he's still going to love you despite our toe up selves. He's still raining on the earth so that flowers could grow. Veggies can grow. My God. Amen. He let the earth, amen, stay on its axis and not move one millimeter too close to the sun so we get burnt up. My God, or, or away so we freeze to death. My God, God is still gracious in all courses of the planets. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. My God. We need to realize who we are as related to God, the creator. These people in Numbers 11 didn't realize it. Just walking along. A few carnal folks looking for the prize without the cross. That's how folks are today. They were successful at leavening the whole lump of dough. That's a shame. Numbers 11 also shows how the gullible souls of the traveling group began to change the manner to their own tastes, milling and baking it to their liking. What does that teach us? We must never congregate where the whole revealed truth of God is not promoted and obeyed. The whole what? Revealed truth of God is not what? Promoted and obeyed. My God. In conclusion, people of God, Thanks for indulging the Holy Ghost. We can never think that our journey of faith will be paved with a red carpet of fame and fortune or an easy way without any tests and trials. Here at the realm of Agape Christian Church, we are the church of tests and trials. Come if you want to feel what obscurity feels like. Come. Come from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Come in and worship in the atmosphere of being obscure, being one who's yet tested, tried and true and still going to preach the truth despite folks turning their back on you. My God, they did to us the way they did Jesus in John chapter six, verse 66. Why is it six, six, six? Because Jesus saw many people that were following him began to go astray began to be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They wanted Jesus to be like in the desert when the manna came. Oh, our father Moses, he brought us manna. Well, that's where you're wrong. Moses didn't bring it. God brought it. And look what else God brought. The living bread in person. God in Christ Jesus. The living bread. They wanted him to do a little parlor trick, a little, you know, a little, little magic trick. Oh, make us some breakfast. You fed us the other day. Uh, that fish in the load, that was pretty good. Now do something else now. What you got this morning, Jesus? But isn't that a shame how people do? They don't accept God for who he is. They only accept him for what he could do here and there. They seek his hand instead of his face. God wants to look at you face to face to see of what sort you are. Do you just want blessings? So what? Everybody's getting blessings. Even the devil is blessed to have an earth to go roaming about seeking whom he may devour. If God took the earth, the devil wouldn't have an earth to go seeking whom he may devour. Even he living on grace a little bit. But when the judgment comes, oh, he's going to get what he deserves. 
Oh, into the abyss you shall go. The devil and the dragon. All lying. Oh, filling folks' heads with doctrines of devils. Spreading your little seducing spirits all everywhere. God's going to take them and bind them up and throw and cast them into the lake with with fire and brimstone. Those who have followed the devil will go with him too. Uh, wherever he goes, a vortex has been created and that's going to suck you down right with the devil. I tell you, I don't want to do that. I want to go in the opposite direction. The devil will try to land one of his one and two punches of temptations on me to hinder my progress along the narrow way up the holy hill of the Lord. But I'm going to give him the one two punch against false food, against false fellowship. No, I want to eat right. What thus saith the Lord, every morsel, everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's what I shall feast on. Help me, Lord. Anything that's not like you, help me to now make it distasteful. My God, in the name of Jesus, you're able. I saw the Lord save my father. He had cigarettes on his lips and God made them distasteful. And he, amen, took the cigarette out of his mouth. Healed his lungs. Thank you, Lord. He became a man of God. And he could cast out demons. Why? Because he stopped loving what the devil was trying to give him to love. Oh, if we could just stop being enamored with hell. We could cast hell out of folk. We can't cast hell out because we're stuck in being enamored with hell ourselves. My God. But I want to be a man of God. I could cast the devil out in the name Oh, I want to cast that rascal out in the name of Jesus. Oh, I heard him hovering around my mind and trying to say little, whisper little evil nothings. I, I began to cast him out. I said, Lord Jesus, rebuke the devil. Hallelujah. He's over here talking junk. Hallelujah. I could feel the Holy Ghost get mightier in me. My hands went up. Hallelujah. Hey, I dare you to begin to cast the devil away from your ears. Away from your ear gate. Away from your eye gate. Help us, Lord, to have a saved eye gate. To have a saved ear gate. In the name of Jesus, guard my heart. Oh, with the shield of faith, as only you can. Shod my feet with the gospel of preparation of peace. In the name of Jesus, gird the loins of my mind. In the name of Jesus, we claim victory. Here and now, we want success so that we can, amen, no longer be hindered by hellish things. Help us to understand and have wisdom from heaven regarding the hindrances that we ought to watch and pray about. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I dare you to praise him right where you're at. And they were sitting with one accord in one place, and the Holy Ghost fell upon them. As cloven tongues of fire on their head. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.com. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. 
You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.